just us. We've had a lot of guests. We've had some time off. I feel like we say this every time we start a podcast now. We've had some time off. Well, we've just had a little bit more time between podcasts. Sports doesn't take a day off, especially on a day like today. Today was stressful. Today was heart-wrenching. There was a lot of moments. We want to talk about it. But Ian, you've been wanting to say something for three years. It didn't work out the first time. Can you finally say he stay? For now, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And look, I think a lot of Raptor fans, I mean, you know, there's some on, you know, that are all about tanking and, oh, you know, fade for Cade and all that stuff. But today largely was a pretty great day to be a Raptor fan, you know, um, and we'll, I'm sure we're going to get into it. But getting to watch two more months of the greatest player in our history is a joy and a treat. And, and as the seconds tick down to 3 PM, it got really scary there. And the thought, well, you know, especially you see the other two trades come through and they're shedding roster spots, you know, that's not get That wasn't guaranteed for a while. So the fact that, you know, we get to say that at least for another two months is comforting, but it wasn't all good. You know, uh, I, an unbelievable Raptor and even better person also got shipped out today. So that's okay. tough. And we're going to talk we're not about talking about, yeah, we're not talking about Terrence Davis. <laughs> no, we're not talking about redacted. You know what? It, it's um, we were on the phone together for that 15 minutes from 10 to three until I guess it was like three Oh eight. When the Woj, Woj bomb came through, eight, we were on for 18 minutes. And when Philly traded for George Hill, we thought, okay, they're out. But we don't know if they're out. Doesn't mean that they're definitely out, but we thought they're they The roadmap got a whole lot more complicated after yes. that. Yes. When we saw the old depot news come through, we were a lot more encouraged. And yes. I think Although that- to me, I thought Lakers. Right. Because yet- it was just an ex- it was I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. It was completely inexcusable to me that the Lakers could even consider holding up a Kyle Lowry trade for Talon fucking Horton Tucker. What are we talking about? I agree. I agree. What are we talking about? So I thought, I thought like, hey, they're posturing. Hey, you know, Messiah is trying to leak the Lakers to Woj to try and increase the value to the Heat and the Sixers. When in reality, maybe they were just involved. And then when the Sixers dropped out and the Heat dropped out, I was like, oh shit, it's just going to be the Lakers. And, and the, there was nothing more hard, like to me, there were, you know, if we're making a pros and cons to it, the Lakers would have been really great because I've, I'd always love to see basketball geniuses play together. And, and LeBron and, and Lowry are exactly that. They're basketball geniuses. And to see those two would be amazing. Sticking it to the Clippers would be incredible. But everything else after that, I mean, the the whole point was to send him somewhere he wanted to go and to get the, get a return that mattered. And one of the two wasn't happening. That return, that 2027 first or whatever it was, non-starter. So mm-hmm. the finally buzzer ticked away and we were safe. So let's start with Kyle. We already have, but let, let's really dive into this here. And then, and then we're going to get to, obviously, full transparency. I didn't tell you the order of this. So we're going to be jumping around a little bit, but let's start with Kyle. Let's walk through the day that was because we've been hearing for weeks that it's Miami or Philly. Mm -hmm. 
two weeks ago, we got reports he's not getting traded. It's not happening. Yep. Starts well, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. Starts inching, inching closer. Not coincidentally, more trade buzzes picking up as the Raptors have embarrassing loss after embarrassing loss, where they're looking at their season going, do we is this salvageable? Who knows? There's a backdoor meeting with Masai and Kyle. Do you want to go, hey, you know what? Yeah, it's tough here right now. This has been a dog shit season. Not at the fault of a lot of players and personnel entirely. We're playing in fucking Tampa Bay. Not playing in Tampa Bay. Not at the fault of anybody, but definitely not at the fault of the two guys that are to hold down the fort for 20 days while the guy while the rest of the boys battled the you know had the uh, right. health and safety playing protocols. in Tampa had the health and safety protocols. You know, we've got, we, we've dealt with injuries. OG hasn't been around for a long time. So there's been, they've By gone the way, through their tribulations. Oof. He's got a chance to be like super, super good. Like scary good. What he did to Jokic yesterday. Stay with me. Stay with me. So we go through this path. It, everyone last night. So a couple days ago, it's like, all right, they're actually entertaining it. It's Philly or Miami. Lowry's primary choice is Miami. So they're having those conversations. And Raptors Twitter is going crazy. Reddit is going nuts. Everyone's talking about how the Philly deal isn't good enough. The Miami deal isn't good enough. Who needs to be in it? You're calling me every seven minutes to say, I fucking hate Tyler Hero. I can't believe that we're doing this. Well, we're not doing this deal without Tyler Hero. I can't believe they're not putting Matisse Thybul in this deal. Why is Maxi being holding up this entire thing? And it's just Raptors Nation coming together saying we're losing this guy oh it was so a complete and get? utter shit show yes the raptors twitter was a complete and utter shit show and the chaos for whatever reason that like i'm the type of person that if i'm freaking out and you're freaking out i somehow calm down and feel better because i know that you know this is a feeling that i should be feeling so for whatever reason the anxiety goes down a bit if you're freaking out too, because it's like, okay, this is what we should be doing. This is what we should be doing. So here's my first that was question. Today. Here's my first question. You come into today, to today, and I asked you, and you told me that your feeling was 50-50 he goes or stays, which was a mm-hmm. bold-faced lie. It was like 99% he goes, Whoa. 1% stay, and you were trying to talk yourself into it. So I, I'm not even going to let you answer that. My first question is, did you think he was going to Philly or did you think he was going to Houston? Miami, you mean? That, that, yes, Miami. Sorry. Houston's coming. Confused you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houston's coming. Um, oh, I thought it was Philly. Because here's the thing, right? Like, for as much as the Heat Twitter people were out there saying, we're not including Hero. By the way, Pat Riley, you refused to include Tyler Hero for James Harden, and now you refuse to do it for Kyle Lowry. Congratulations. As... DJ Cal would say you played yourself. You had a chance to go back to the finals. Now let's see where the cards lay. Um, in terms of, you know, Messiah's not stupid. You know, and I think that that was also a comforting factor. Messiah and Bobby are as good at their job as anybody else in, on the planet is at theirs. And, you know, at, at some point you, you have to just trust, okay, Messiah's not going to give this thing away. There's no way the Miami deal happens. If Hero's not involved, and if Hero's white, you know, Windhorse reported it. This is not just Heat. This is not just, you know, Heat Twitter. He was out. And Masai and Bobby aren't stupid. They're not going to trade Kyle Lowry for 
a restricted free agent like Duncan Robinson. It's just not happening. So it, you just thought it had to be Philly. The fit was perfect. They had all the expirings you need, all the assets you could need. And, you know, Daryl Morey's another one. I, I, you have two chances to get two of these guys. How do you miss on both? How do you miss on both? So to me, it always felt Sixers. It's home. The fit with Simmons, Lowry, and Embiid is flawless. That just felt like it was it. I want to get to the other team. I'll, I'll speak for them but I want to give you this op- opportunity as well. What package did you like better? Let's assume that it was Precious, Duncan, Hero, like the whole thing, a first-round pick, mm-hmm. salary filler, and Olenek, or Maxi, Thibel, and the two firsts. I'm assuming your, your choice was the Sixers, and I battled you and said it should be Miami, but what was your pick? So I think Heat Twitter defends Hero too much, and Raptors Twitter spent the past couple weeks disparaging hero and I think it's somewhere in the middle but he is not the centerpiece that people think he is you know I think what hero projects out to be hero projects out to be a third guard you know instant offense type guy that's what he projects to be right is there a little upside because you know of his height and athleticism and maybe there's some rebounding there yeah sure but that's and what com- he is. And confidence. That yeah, for sure. Confidence for sure. You know who else has his- confidence? Lou Williams, who's on like his 10th team. Okay. Like, right. So this is what, this is what hero is projecting as, right? So you've lost your mind. I've battled you on this so much. You take the asset in hero. The problem is with Miami is that they couldn't offer you a first round pick unless they've negotiated another yes. trade with Oklahoma city to unprotect that 2024 first. So, Again, it's not like the first, the the beauty of a first round asset, particularly for this organization, is that I get to pick who I take with it. I'm not saddled who you chose. And I'm not saying that Hero, Robinson, and Achua were bad choices. Robinson was undrafted, but they were great choices for where they were taken, for sure. But with this front office, they prefer to have the choice. So if it's Maxi and Tybo, those are two guys, maybe one and a half that immediately go in your rotation. And then you add, you know, rotation players like Danny Green or Tony Bradley, and then a pick or two. To me, that trade for what this organization would need is the way to go. And the and the beauty of Danny is if that trade with Philly was done early in the day, they could have flipped Danny again to a contender. So it was always the Philly offer. The Heat offer to me was never in play because I'm sorry. If you bring on Duncan Robinson, you are paying him what Joe Harris got paid. And I don't want to pay him $80 million. I know you don't. And, and I'm and I'm not disagreeing with you there. The one thing that I would say on the other team's side of things, Ian, there's a lot of talk about Kyle Lowry potentially swinging your chances at a championship when he shows up on your team. There's validity. To, there is validity to that. Between so Miami and the Sixers, though, he swings it way further from Miami. Because I still think that Philly is missing that go-to score in the playoffs that they can trust to get it done. On the There's, perimeter, for sure. No, no anywhere. I, I Put Joel Embiid. He was going to be the MVP. Put him in yeah, there. Yeah. He, he no, I understand. Not, until you do it, you haven't I done understand. it. And I don't mean win a championship. Yeah. I mean, prove that you can be the go-to scorer in the playoffs when it matters. Yeah, Joel Embiid being is a dumped-down post guy, particularly in those tight moments, is really hard. It like, is. It's hard. Especially when you prefer to stand at the three-point line in the playoffs and make every team go, hey, 
Jimmy Butler has proven he can do that. I so agree. that's where I felt that what Lowry brought to the Heat organization was way more valuable, or at least, you know, marketably more valuable to Miami than, than the 76ers. That's why I didn't get the, the so holding up around this. That let me let me just let me just let me just disagree with you on that. The only reason I disagree with you is because I think if Lowry goes to Miami, they go from like the te- the the what are they now? I guess they're probably in the second second tier. So they go from a second tier East team to well, a one point five. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I if agree. You add you. Lowry to Philly, they go from a tier one team, first in the East, to we may win the whole thing. Because in here's the, the thing: I, I, I disagree. Think Bam, in the regular season, I agree with you. They would be by far the best team in the regular season. Well, not by far. They would match Brooklyn. In I the would still season. favor Brooklyn. I would still favor Brooklyn. But Lowry, Lowry pushes that series to think. I think Nets Sixers now is five or six games. Lowry alone pushes that to seven. And the only again, the only reason I say that is. Because you add Lowry to the totality of that roster. So it's Lowry, Simmons, Seth Curry, Embiid, and Harris. Like, that's really, really good. On paper, it's awesome. No, but the puzzle pieces fit, is my point. And in Philadelphia, you could you haven't been able to say that. Now, it's obviously working now. You haven't been able to say that for years. So I, I get it. He swings the heat. The heat go from a tier two to very much in, in, a, like in contention. The Sixers go from in contention to favorites or one of the favorites. And one thing I might be undervaluing is what his impact on Joel Embiid would be. For sure. It's like, no. That, just that no, locker no, room. No, uh, you go down there and you do this. Because if there's one player that Brooklyn can't stop, it's Joel Embiid. I'm sorry. You can, throw, you can throw the, the the Blake Griffins and the DeAndre Jordans at him. The, Jared Allen's Durant. not there anymore. No, but not you chicken. He's cooking them. He's so cooking the one, one other thing on that, one other thing on, on, on the Sixers front, the other part that Lowry gives you, and I love Danny Green, but Danny Green specializes in transition defense. He is, as Blake Murphy once said, he may be the best transition def- defensive player he's ever seen. And there's certainly a case for that. The way that Danny can pinpoint where the ball is going and anticipate is unbelievable. Again, with that said, what Kyle gives you in Philly is he gives you one more one more defensive guy that you throw at one of those big three, right? So, you know, you're going to have to – Simmons has to, has to, has to check Durant. No choice, right? Mm-hmm. But Lowry's done a, as good a job on Kyrie as anybody. And then with Harden, you and just throw pinch, as many bodies as you well, can. And in, a, in a pinch. And in he, a pinch, Lowry, for sure. And Harden, for sure. So that's to me, for me with Philly, with, with Miami, you already sort of have that, especially if you keep Iguodala. That's why I think for Philly, it's such a big swing and a miss. They fumbled the bag. There's no question. Masai spoke tonight. Did you get a chance to watch? I didn't watch it, but I followed along with Blake's tweets. The one that I really liked, and it just kind of sums it all up, is a quote from Masai, from Masai Ujiri. On Lowry's market value, for Kyle, we are extremely, extremely biased. That was the overall mentality across Twitter for the past 72 hours. That is why people who potentially rightly believe that trading a 35-year-old point guard who could walk in two months to get any assets at all 
is the right move for your basketball organization. In a vacuum, you're not wrong. You do that 100 times out of 100. Sorry, you do that 99 times out of 100. Unfortunately, and potentially fortunately for this Raptors team, this was the one time that you can even consider not doing that. That You consider putting that high benchmark out there and going, you know what? If you want to come and pay this price, Kyle and I are in lockstep. He'll go there. If you don't, we're good. He may walk for nothing, but at least you save the narrative. You already have a Yeah, he walks on his terms. You have a championship two years ago. You have that in your back pocket. You have the videos, the moments, the memories. You have all of that. I am not disappointed in what happened today. And, and listen, I, I love the Raptors. I did not hang Lowry jerseys around my house today and pray to the gods that he, that he wasn't traded. That, that wasn't me. That was you. So I'll be honest with that. I don't know how I'm going to act when Zach Hyman comes up for an extension this offseason or next offseason. I have to deal with all of that. Yeah, what, would happen, what happens when Austin Matthews comes up in three years? Here's the difference. He hasn't won a title. No, no, I understand that, but Matthews is the most important leaf. Yes, in, in my lifetime. Well, Matt, Matt Sundin, yeah, and, and him are, are right there, and only because Matt's just it's more it's more sentimental, right? In my youth, anyways. Either way, either way, let's talk about the Raptors because they made another trade. Norman Powell, mm-hmm. did you did you watch the three, Raptors? Did you watch the Raptors three, video? Three trades. I don't give a shit about the other two. Did you I watch? Did you watch the Raptors watch, video? I, I I didn't. I haven't yet. <laughs> It's something I'll watch. No, because what happens is like yesterday, right? Like I watched that game and I watched that game yesterday and and Kyle was Kyle plus 42. He made it, it like his four pers- shots. <laughs> made it his personal mission to get Paul Watson, have a Paul Watson night. You know, he made sure Norm was catching that ball in 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 place to succeed. OG, Pascal, like it, it was the perfect Kyle game. And, you know, and, and at the end of last night, you know, you see him walk off and, and you know, it, it, and it's, it's, it's just a gut punch. And the, but the thing that really got me the most was listening to Norm, both post game and then reading his interviews. And that is a kid who, like, just earned everything he ever worked for. Guy came in as a defend, an undersized four-year player, UCLA, defensive specialist. Now we are talking about a guy who, against the best players in the world, is going off and is like at 20 points a night. You know, like we, we could have the discussion and 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 troll Bucks fans and say he's better than Chris Middleton because you know. I mean, he's probably not, but show me the show me the metric that says Middleton's better. That, that's the, but that's the type of growth that we're talking about with someone like Norman Powell. Norman Powell is an amazing person, and a lot of because of what Kyle meant. Kyle is this massive figure, but Norman Powell is one of the ten best Raptors ever. Period. And I don't know. It, it, it sucked that he got lost in translation today because. What that guy's meant, that guy swung, that guy swung two playoff series on his own, on his own. That dunk and, against the Pacers is one of the most oh, iconic moments in iconic. Raptors history for me. And, and it iconic. They didn't even win the title that year. He. And by the way, you talk about a guy in the playoffs 
put like this playoff P uh, you know, pandemic, you know, about Paul George, right? Playoff pal is a real damn thing. That guy comes to play. And I had mm-hmm. Blazers fans reach out to me all over the place. You know, you know, everyone knows on this podcast, I lived in Portland for four and a half years. I had Blazers fans reach out to me all day today. Tell me about Powell. Tell me about Powell. You know, the first thing I thought of is you're getting an incredible person. And if, if you're saying wildly that about a guy inconsistent, that well, wildly inconsistent basketball player, very, not right, very not right now. He's not. He, oh, he's balling right now. So Norman Powell. So it's hard. A part of the second best trade in Raptors history that brought Norman Powell and OG Ananobi to the Toronto Raptors for Gravis Vasquez. Oh my God, a heist. The only, the only one better is the Kawhi deal. Agreed. And there is an argument to be made that the Norman and OG trade actually is better because of longevity and what you get out of it and everything. But but you can't. You can't make that. Objectively, the Kawhi deal is better. It's Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell's traded for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood to Portland. Your first reaction was, where's the first round pick? What's going on? You're freaking out. You're worried because you love Norm. He's gone. You don't yeah, think do. this is enough. And then... You take a breath and you realize we're getting a 22-year-old in Gary Trent Jr. who's a lights-out shooter from three, who's trending in every positive direction, who it yep. fits this team's timeline, gives them more financial flexibility. He has the potential to be a better asset for a longer period of time. Norm is at his peak. This is, the, this is selling high on Norm. I wanted a pick. In this deal, you get this pick. It's 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 a, a no Gary's grand the pick. slam home. Gary's run. the pick. Gary's the pick, basically. So and, where and so where'd you come to? Because I, I want to give my thoughts on this. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go first. Mm-hmm. Immediately when I saw this trade, I thought, ah, wish they got a pick. Second place my mind went was, I think this makes them better now. I do, because it makes them deeper. Rodney Hood tore his Agreed. Achilles, I believe, or his ACL. He, he didn't play for a full year. He's only averaging five points a game right now, only playing 19 minutes a night. He's not He's not right. He's not Rodney Hood. I get that. But he's playing 20 minutes a night on Portland and filling in pretty damn well as good. a functional wing who can do shit. We don't have those. We don't have any of them. We have guys that either can only play offense or only play defense. He at least can do a bit of both. And then you It turns have- into can he rotate with Bembry? And Watson. No, he's he he will be he'll be ahead of Watson. It'll be him and Bembry. And I just think it's another active body to put in there. Again, I want the pick. But Gary Trent Jr. is objectively good at basketball. And I, I think agree. him coming into this locker room for the two months that he's gonna get out of Kyle Lowry, being the third guard off the bench, now that that piece of shit's gone. Mm-hmm. I like this deal. I don't love it. A pick, I love this deal. I like this deal and I get it. And you know what else? This is Masai putting Norm in a good position. It is. Masai putting Norm in a position where you're going to play a lot of three guard lineups in Portland with CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. Oh, he comes in as a starter right now. And what have you done your entire career here? Three guard lineups. This is perfect Mm -hmm. for you. You're going to be in the playoffs in the Western Conference. You're going to battle. This is good for you. I like this deal. I don't love this. He's close. He's closer to home. Which is nice. Obviously, he's a California kid, you know, so he's closer to home. And Portland's a great organization. It really is. And playing with Dame is going to unlock him because, you know, Trent was at 15 points a night. Not that I think that points are everything, but 
I love a little more explosion for them on the wing. And, and the one thing I'll say about Norm is this, the last thing, and then I'll address the, the Portland side. The reason it was, the reason I go so deep on Norm and the reason it was, you know, I, I'm finding myself talking about it is because so much in Toronto sports, particularly with the Raptors, you know, it feels like the Blue Jays sort of squashed that myth this summer with the Springer, Springer deal. But, you know, a lot of times we can't get free agents to come here. And which is a shame because we're an amazing fan base in an amazing city in an amazing country. But guys that have been here and been in the program, Norm didn't want to leave. That dude wanted to stay. So for Raptor fans, I just think that'll never get old is people accepting them and wanting to be wanting to be with them. I, I think that's something that's always, always going to be important. So that's why it was tough on the Norm thing. When it comes to Trenton Hood, I agree. I, I think... I, my first thought was, was, you know, Rodney could help with the rotation, but the thing that concerns me about this trade is that I've, you know, I, as I, as I mentioned, I talked to a lot of people in Portland and the buzz around there was that he was likely looking at an extension in the, you know, in the summer as a restricted free agent, that was probably anywhere from 18 to 20 million a year. And if that's where we're netting out with norm, you know, or is Gary Trent Jr. that much better of an asset? You know, I don't necessarily know the answer, but it feels like if I got to pay Gary Trent anywhere from 18 to 20 million, which seems like it's, I'm going to be in norm range, would I just rather have the familiarity of norm? You know what I'm saying? So that is my concern. I, I, I understand the cap hold and the math behind that. I get that. I love that Trent's 22. He's a better defensive player than Norm. And, you know, shooting 40% on seven threes, that's not nothing. That that's Those are numbers that, that can get better. He fits with the core. I get it. I'm just a little concerned about what that restrictive free agency contract looks like. It's coming up his rookie deal. So, yeah. But it, since it's, he was a second be, rounder, he's eligible for yep. that Norm yep. extension. Like like And the, the Van Vliet, two-year 15 or whatever it was. Two-year 12. Yeah, yeah. Two-year 18. Trent's taller. So I, than I'm concerned about that. Trent's taller than I thought he was. He's taller. He's 6'5. Six, 6'5. Five. Six, five. Yeah. So he doesn't play that way, though. He doesn't get to the rim. He's more of a perimeter player. He is a slightly better defensive player than Norm. Yep. I think he fits with this lineup. He fits with their timeline. This is, to me, this is a punt with upside by Masai. This is, I'm going to do right by Norm. I'm going to bring in Gary Trent Jr., who's an asset. Younger guy has proven that he can play in this league and has had to carry a massive load when he goes out there and has to play with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum when it comes to defense. Not that he has to. He's. I'm not saying he's Kawhi Leonard. I'm just saying he can't hide. Playing with Fred Van Vliet and Lowry is going to help. It's going to help. So, yep. I, I like. listen, I like this deal. I like Gary Trent Jr. You don't, I don't love the you, trade. You know what I respect a whole lot of out of Masai, and then we can move on to the other teams. But the thing I really respect is that for the dudes that ride with him hard, Kyle Lowry, you know, Norman Powell, he wants to do his best to send those people to great situations. Norm with Damian Lillard, those two guys fit in terms of personalities mm -hmm. better than many duos I can think of. So rather than Masai didn't send him to some dysfunctional situation. Right. No, and, I'm, no, and I know no, no. there's a great a, spot. I know for, for a fact, I know for a fact there are dysfunctional organizations that called between the Minnesotas and, you know, that, that group. I'm sure those phone calls were made. 
So he didn't send him to one of those places. And I respect the hell out of that. Now, what you can, can't say is that he didn't do the same for um, your friend Terrence Davis there. He sent his ass to <laughs> fucking Guam. Sent his ass to Guam. That's right. That's right. And go, you know go. what? As a Raptor fan, as hard as it was for Norm to watch that happen, that's a check in the right box. What are you going to do with your TD3 jersey, though? Oh, God. That, that thing's going in the garbage anyway. It sucks. Like, I, I want to donate it, but it's got those stupid, stupid names and numbers on the back. So, last thing on the Raptors. I wanted to get in the rotation, but it seems pretty clear, right? That They're going to stick with – their closing five is going to be relatively unchanged. You're still going to have Lowry and Van Vliet there. <laughs> Siakam and OG are definitely going to be in there and mm-hmm. y- you ride the hot hand. It's, it's most likely going to be Gary Trent jr. If Bembry, you need some defensive, uh, some defensive help. It's going to be Bembry, maybe Rodney hood. I here's, is it the big, I I'm don't, the same I don't thing. get it. If you're going to say, I'm not trading Kyle, go get a big, why, I completely why not get a rental big? Just you've already said we're chilling. We're good. But the question is, here's the thing. Let's have this exercise really quick, right? So you can't call and get Kem Birch. I, we had this conversation before. Yeah, you can't get true. Kem Birch. They, they're but selling at what cost? everything. But at what cost? I don't know. What You couldn't have done. Well, they wouldn't do the Matt Thomas deal. Like, But listen, when you look at the totality of the deals, right? Norman Powell, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas going The out. Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas, those are heists. Gary how Trent do we Jr. Get, how do we get... Like unprotected seconds for those Rodney guys. Hood, uh, an unprotected second, and I think the second second is unprotected, but it's like forty. Se- oh, I'm sorry, I think about another second. It's Utah, Utah sending. Utah's, so yes, Golden State yes. and Utah's. I think are the two. So again, when you look at the totality of it, I like it. They still aren't deep enough. They still don't have the pieces. And as bad as TD three, as bad as Thomas has been oh, this year, so. they at least were in the rotation. I. I hope they're active on the buyout market because I, I honestly feel with everything that's going on, they are going to rattle off wins here. Book it, book it, book it. We got to get to other games, other deals. We talked about Orlando and Ken Birch. This was huge. Out of nowhere. Nikola Vucevic was traded today, Ian. That was the one that everyone said, there's no way that this guy is getting traded, but he was, and he got dealt to the Chicago Bulls, to the Bulls, goes all-star center Nikola Vucevic along with forward Al Farouk Aminu in exchange for walking corpse and big salary Otto Porner Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-round picks. We were shocked. I'm still shocked. What the hell is Chicago doing? I understand the idea of wanting to go out and get an all-star and be relevant. Like you're close. Like Levine's really good. Um, you know, close Patrick to Williams. What? Well, no, they're close to like being relevant as a playoff team, right? And as in Chicago, you haven't been able to say that for a while. You know, since basically the Derrick Rose Taj Gibson years, Joakim Noah. So I get it. Patrick Williams is really good. Like, I get it. Kobe White, I get it. it it'd be fun to go. Thaddeus Young's been awesome. So I get it. Those picks make me nervous. They're top four protected in 20, 2021 and 2023. So I'm nervous about that. Oh, they're going to be good. Yeah, I'm nervous about that. Or at least they'll be halfway decent, right? 
which for a 30-year-old all-star, 28, whatever Vucevic is, you're still doing pretty good. So the, my piece with – I'm going to leave it at this. My piece with Chicago was this, is you gave all this for Vucevic, but what's the plan with Lowry Marketing now? Because I can tell you with absolute certainty that Marketing and Vucevic together in the front court is a bad idea. It's a very bad idea that you are going to bleed with, especially with Zach Levine on the Levine. floor and Kobe White. <laughs> you're going to bleed points. You're going to bleed points. So obviously that can't be part of the plan. So my question is, knowing what Aaron Gordon went for, which was RJ Hampton, some bullshit first a million years from now, and a, a bad contract. No, why are you not- Will Barton's better than a bad contract. It was Gary Harris. Okay, so it's just about 20 million about next year. Okay, so why are you not just saying, hey, I will give you Carter and Markinen, and we just expand this and you send me Gordon? Because the Markinen thing is so weird right now. I just, I, I don't understand. And look for Orlando, I mean, this is great. You know, Vucevic was one of those fringe all stars, really good player, great for them. But it's time to cash in. You stink. Wendell Carter Jr., I still very much believe in. The whole thing is just like, for it's Chicago, tough. I get it. But they tra- it felt like they traded the wrong guy. The marketing thing, I just don't see how it fits. Carter's confidence is shot. I, I, and I, I like. Yeah, he was coming off the bench. I like where you're coming from with that. But can you honestly th- sit there and go, you know where I'm confident? You know what I need? Or the Orlando Magic front court. That's what I need. That's going to be the difference. Give me Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic. I, I get like, it. I like Vucevic. I do this too. Is, this is not the team for him. This is not the team for him. If Markkinen wasn't there, I would was not there. I would, I would strongly, strongly disagree because I think Levine and Vucevic could be really electric on offense. Yeah, I think Vuce is underrated as a defensive player. He is. He's not a tire fire. And Pat we're not talking about we're not talking about Mark Gasol here. I I get it. They need to sell to their fans. We're going. We got a guy. He's a guy. He is definitely a guy. Levine's a he guy. Is, yep. Oh no, I meant Vooch. Like Vooch is definitely a guy. Yes, like, now you have you two. can say what he's what top five he's seven a- center in the NBA. Oh, I, I just mean in terms of player. He's a top 20, 25 player in the league. No question. Yeah. No question. No question. I think that's high. I think that's high. But you know what? He's he's really good. He's an all star every year. That automatically makes him. No, one of he's the an all star this year. He never makes the all star game. He's an all star this year. Two all star games. Enough. Enough. Two first round picks, and your first round pick, a top ten pick from like three years ago, mm-hmm. for Nikola Vucevic. I'm so, and you take on that dreadful Alfred Camino contract. One more year. I mean, I I know why they had to do it. They're currently in the play-in playoff spot range. They want to feel a little frisky. To me, to me though, awful, I, awful. Why give a shit if Orlando gets an extra lottery pick? No. Uh, am I excited about seeing the Bulls be fun again? Yes. I just would have traded Markinen instead of Carter. Would have been my only feedback. Like, I'm already paying above and beyond with the two firsts anyway. It's not like marketing is bad. Plus, marketing and Bamba, you know, the, you know, I don't think either of them are going to blow the doors off. But at least marketing and Bamba theoretically fit. 
You know what I mean? Now you just have Carter and Bamba just like fumbling on top of each other. Oh, I don't think Bamba's. So, a th- I don't think Bamba's a thing anymore. No, I. I but again, I think it, I think it's now pick. like we're gonna take reclamation projects. We'll take Wendell. We'll take Markel Fultz. Fultz was good for them before he got hurt. Yep. Yeah, he was good. And he was fine. They're just like, give us all the picks. And this is what Orlando should do. I'm just fine. Chicago, I'm shipping Marketin, not Carter. That's my and, point. And if I'm Orlando, I'm not taking Marketin. I'm not. Bomba's not a not a starting center. He's not. He's not good enough. Well, we don't we, we we don't know. We haven't seen him play. I agree because they had an all-star center. You want to know a reason to trade Vucevic? That. That. Is the reason what? to see if they have an all-star center in, you, in uh, you picked in a loaded draft, you Bamba? picked Mo Bamba sixth. Yeah, like not ideal. Not ideal. You gotta see. I listen, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I'm sorry. So do we want to stay with Orlando? Do you want to just tackle the Celtics and just get this Fournier thing Look, out of the way? Actually, you know what? Save me Celtics for last. 30 okay. seconds on the Aaron Gordon trade. Um Love the fit with Denver. Him and Jokic is going to be magic. That contract declining, it is, I really, really like it. Um, for Orlando, it, you know, the buzz all week was that two firsts and a player, two firsts and a player. And it sort of ended up being like a Hail Mary prospect with RJ Hampton. And then like this first round pick four years from now that is kind of protected. So not as much as I thought, but he didn't go to Boston. So. No, and if did. we're cheering for fun, him and Denver's objectively fun. So Denver's lineup is now Jokic, Gordon, MPJ, Murray, and who's their point guard? Well, it'd be Barton. Murray and Barton would be the backcourt. Don't love that. <laughs> Don't love that backcourt. But I, I guess they didn't really give anything. Are you sure we're not missing a point guard in Denver? Gary Harris, our, uh, Compazzo's the backup right now. I know. I, I love that guy. Love that, that dude can pass. I love him. I love him. he's just smoking darts in, in between intermission. <laughs> uh, no, they, we got to be missing. They don't. PJ Dozier, no, he's a two. Who are we missing? That's their I, point guard. We literally played the right last now. Night. Jamal Murray is is their point guard. Yes, I don't I know. love that. Don't that's love why that. they drafted Compazzo. Isn't he like thirty eight years old though? No, he's not. He's not like <laughs> the guy with the Clippers. I forget who that was though. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, Ricky Rubio. Not Pablo Prigioni. That was great, yeah. though. Um, no, he's not one of those guys. He's like I, legitimately a child. I, oh, I think, but I think Gordon is is a great fit here. I do for sure. And you, you didn't give up much to do it. I, I like it. I like it. it. Look, if I put it this way, if I'm Orlando, I have to love, love, love R.J. Hampton. You have to. Do you? Don't know yet. Like I, so I watched him last night because we played. That guy has is a beanpole, an absolute beanpole. It looked like he'd never seen a weight in his life, which he he's a child. Like that's gonna come. But I have to say, he played the entire like he played, and since they were getting killed, I, I, he played a fair amount. I didn't notice him at all. I didn't get the JaVale McGee trade. I'm sorry. I'm out. Cleveland Denver? got so much. Yeah, Cleveland got so much for JaVale McGee when you just spin it in circles. What did they get? Like four seconds for this guy? Just to How bring him get, in and ship him out. <laughs> How did they get more for JaVale McGee than they got for Andre Drummond? Like, I get contract, but that's insane. Well, it's contract. That's why. But Andre Drummond is not a buyout level player. No. I, He's I too think good he, to be bought out. Come Zach on. Lowe said the other day that he has actually become underrated because stats actually do matter. 
even though he rebounds at an insane rate, but his team rebounds a slightly better when he's off the floor. I mean, he's still gobbling stats. It's like a running back with a shitty yards per carry, but they still give you 85 yards every night. All right, we're here. Let's do it. Andre Drummond's Kenyon Drake. <laughs> no, no, he's not Kenyon Drake. He's old David Montgomery. No, Drummond plays every day. You gotta, you gotta come at me with something better. Come on, you have the rest of the podcast to think of this. Plays every game, puts up stats every night. Team loses. You have, you have the rest of the oh, podcast. First year Trent this. Richardson done. He was like thirty-five carries a night. He finished with like sixty-five yards and two touchdowns. That's no stats. Come on, you got to do better. We got you. You got the rest okay. of the podcast. I know you'll get it. All right. Victor Oladipo. Mm. The trade that made your heart sing today, Ian. Yes, it meant they were out. Victor Oladipo was traded to the Miami Heat for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a 2022 pick swap with the Nets' first-round pick. That the Rockets That's all won. it was? That's all it was. Victor Oladipo famously has turned down extensions from both the Pacers and most recently turned down the max extension Norman Powell thing. It's like the two year deal. 60 million from Houston. Yeah, something like that. Turned it down. He's with Miami now. So we can go one of two ways here. But we're going to talk about both sides. And you know what? I'm not going to give you the choice. I want you to talk to me about the Victor Oladipo side on the Miami Heat. And I want to save the Houston Rockets. Oh, my God. For me. For the Miami side, I think Lowry's a better fit. I think if always oh, ro- back to the Raptors. No, I, I do. I do. I do. Like, I just would have, like, I would have just fucked up. He's a better basketball player. Well, yeah, no, of course. But I, I do worry that with them, you know, let's say they do get far and you're playing a big team like Philly, you know, Oladipo, since you got to run out Hero because you protected him from all these trades. So what are you running out? Hero, Oladipo, Butler, Dragic, Bam? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, not only does do you get small really fast, you also, I, I, I worry about Butler and Oladipo and Hero and all those guys who aren't shooting well this year to just clog up your offense. So I do have concerns about that. The, the other part is, is that Oladipo just hasn't been very good. So that's why they were able to get him so cheaply. But it's, it is a massive, massive, massive blunder on Houston's part. If you're a business professor, please show your students on how not to manage your assets, how they handled that whole situation and somehow turned an opportunity for two very nice pieces and turn that into Kelly Olenek. It's it's a nightmare for Houston fans. QB1. Well, I wanted to jump into Houston because I don't think that they actually mismanaged the Oladipo asset. I th- well, No, I think that's as most as you could have got. I, well, I think that Oladipo mismanaged his own playing career by just not being better. And, and I know that injuries are a lot to do with that. I get it. I, I fucking love that guy. I love watching yeah, him too. play basketball. He's so good. He hasn't been. For two and a half years now. It's unfortunate. Yes, he's scoring 21 points a night now, but 
it's really inefficient. Barely scraping over 33% from the three-point line. He's like a 44% field goal shooter right now. He's not getting to the line as much. It's just high volume, no efficiency scoring. So how does that pair with Butler? Well, it now depends. Butler's a different player in the playoffs. I get it, but that's still thirty three percent standing out there on the three point line. What I'm more worried about is Victor Oladipo's defense because that was what made him special. Yeah. Was he could he could lock down your two. He could effectively cover a one and effectively cover a three. Didn't mean that he was built to cover those, but he could effectively do that. For Houston, you hit the nail on the head, though. They had James Harden. James freaking Harden. And they walk away with the the original deal is Jared Allen, Torian Prince, Karis LeVert, Caruso, three first-round picks, and four pick swaps. They flip Prince and Allen to Cleveland with Dante Axum for a Milwaukee first-round pick. (laughs) That is protected. Yes, but it's you're going to get it. Then they flip... Karis LeVert and Caruso to, or sorry, just Karis LeVert to the Pacers Indeed. straight up for Oladipo. Okay, so what are you left with? You're left with three firsts from Brooklyn, 2022, 2024, 2026. Four pick swaps this year, 23, 25, 27. And a Milwaukee first is what you're left with. Mm-hmm. You then flip Oladipo for Kelly. Who could have just been Levert for Kelly Olynyk and a pick swap. Yes, and it could have just been Karis Levert. Who I... had like twenty eight last night, the game winner. Who else went to Houston? Olynyk. Oh, Avery Bradley. Not uh, yeah. So I should have just said Olynyk. I shouldn't have said either of them. If I'm being honest. Yes, you have all those picks, and we talked about this today. What do those picks mean? You literally own Brooklyn's life for the next seven years, six years, seven years. You own their life when it comes to draft picks. Mm-hmm. They are going to be good. They're going to be good while those three players play there. They're going to be good. They're not just going to stop being good at basketball. The only thing that that takes Brooklyn and puts them in a blender and puts them down the drain is the personalities and the fit and just how basketball is now. You only go three years at a time. How do you take Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and turn it into a Milwaukee first, Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley? How and is that? Uh, and that whatever your pick swap ends up. Oh, being. oh, oh. Congratulations. And, they, and they sent Torian Prince. Yeah. H- how? How? Well, my guess is this: like, I have a hard time believing that this GM is this stupid, right? Like, because Jared Allen is—he's a darling. He's a darling if you love 
you know, general stats. He's a darling if you love analytics. There's nothing not to love about him. So I'm wondering if Fertitta saw that Allen extension coming and was just like, I can't afford that. So that's where I'm worried where a lot of this is coming from, where it's like, hey, don't bring in players that I have to pay, ship out everything for draft picks. And yeah, they offered Victor that that extension, but the only reason they did that was so they could put out that, hey, if he turned it down, he's available for trade, right? So th- that's where all this is going. And yeah, it's 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 dangerous, right? And the last thing I'll say about this trade is I just want to jump back to Miami for a second. When you go through their roster, I would say, what, five of their best players, five of their six best players are short like guards. Like Robinson is is big for a shooting guard. He's like six, seven, right? But Jimmy's shorter, Oladipo's shorter, Dragic is shorter, Hero's shorter, and then you have Robinson. And, and then Bam, Knott. obviously. Yeah, and but Bam is short, shorter. but Bam's short for his position. Right. So mm-hmm. as much as I like the idea of bringing in a guard that's Lowry's, that is at Lowry's level, I don't understand bringing in a guard that you can't necessarily figure out if he's better than the guards you already have. But like they the, gave up nothing. They gave exactly. up nothing. I get that. And, and honestly, I, get that. I, I don't like the fit though. I actually... I was going to say I like this better than if they traded for Lowry, if I'm Miami, because they did not take anything away from their rotation other than Kelly Olynyk, who was currently starting at power forward for them. He actually I, had us having a pretty good year. I just, Lowry's got that little extra. And we, we know that we, we know, but I think Old Depot's going to be good there. I do. Look, and I get it. There's value in getting his bird rights when you were thinking of paying him. You get a long look at him. You get his He habits. wants to be I there. Get it. Yeah. I yeah. understand all that. It's not for – if you get the opportunity to trade for a guy for nothing, who cares? I mean, you, you do it if you think there's upside. I get it. I just don't love the fit. And what I worry about is are they playing Oladipo in a second-round series against Milwaukee, right? Are they playing Oladipo because they want to sign him but – it should be Dragic and Butler. You know what I mean? And it just, it seems more and more to me that, you know, they sent Harkless out today. I think they brought in Bielitsa too. Yep. But they're Jay Crowder short. That's what No, it feels but they like. brought in Bielitsa to replace Olenek yeah. that they potentially had on the table. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So that's all. So before we get to our last topic, I want to give you a quick opportunity. Completely oh on the spot. I, yes. haven't, I haven't thought about it either. Oh, we're not. It's not there, but I'm going to give you this. I want you to give me your biggest winner and your biggest loser from today. Oh, easy. Go ahead. To me, the biggest loser is as bad as we just explained the Houston situation. As much as I think the Lakers heat and Sixers all fumbled the bag with the Lowry thing. The loser has to be Boston. It has to be like, I think Fournier does really help them. He helps them from a shot creation standpoint off of Tatum and Brown that Kemba just wasn't consistently giving them. So I get that. I get that. This is not a Fournier issue. I don't understand just giving Tice away just so you can duck the luxury tax. That to me is ridiculous. He's your best center. And now you're playing, now Tristan Thompson's playing a whole lot more 
or Robert Williams. And there's a reason those guys aren't playing a ton to begin with. So I don't quite get that. Tice was a genuine force against the Raptors in the playoffs last year. So now Bam proceeded to murder him into a million pieces the next round, but that that's not the point. So I didn't get that part. But they spent this whole this whole year talking about this trade exception. Hey, hey, the Gordon Hayward thing wasn't a loss. We got a trade <laughs> exception. We got that twenty eight million. Evan Fournier. That's what we did today. Evan Fournier. This is a team and. This is not even to shit on Celtics fans. Like you guys don't bother me. I don't care. Exist away. But we are talking about some, a team that's been to the Eastern conference finals, three of four years, three of four. Why, what are you doing, Danny? You know, and this comes down to the trade exception bullshit, but it leads into the final big problem. And the big problem is, is that general managers like Danny Ainge, care more about winning each individual each individual trade and in and holding each individual asset and holding it at that value rather than making plays to win a championship right and you know I, I I mentioned this to you today when you look back at the Marcus all trade right and the Marcus all trade was Delon Wright Jonas Valanciunas, CJ miles in a second round pick Gasol helped us win the title unbelievable right but was gone at the end of 2020 if i look at that from the danny ainge perspective i'm thinking wow look at memphis they got a an above average starting big man Jonas has been great for them amazing he's been outstanding outstanding they turned delon into two seconds they had the second rounder and cj miles retired so you are you telling me that memphis won that trade Mm -mm. right And that's what it comes down to. Ainge Ainge and and Maury today were like, we are hoarding our assets. No, they're ours. When in reality, if you're, you know, and this is more for Philly's case, but if you're Boston, you're the East Conference Finals three of the last four years. At at what point are are we pushing the chips in, right? And all week we're talking about, they're the front runners for Aaron Gordon. They're the front runners for Aaron Gordon. They're doing whatever it takes. Maybe it's Marcus Smart. And- you know, I, I'm not saying that they should trade Marcus Smart for Aaron Gordon, but he fucking did it again. I almost did it. Ah, he was right there. I had him. Kawhi, Paul George, pff, we were right there, man. Almost. Hey, you know who took a free agency meeting with us? Kevin Durant. Pff, we almost had him. Had he not gone to Golden State? And it's like, you guys are such punks. And I, I you know, I like Tatum and Brown. It's time for Danny Age to go. So they are the biggest loser today. I was going to let you just have a full segment on the, on the Celtics to end this, to, to end the podcast. So I'm I'm glad you kind of took that out because I, I have one more quick one at the end that I want to get to. That well, oh, and glad. by the way, the biggest winner is Toronto Raptors fans, without question. Okay, Houston's the easy one to be the biggest loser here, without question. But I'm going to say the Clippers. I think the Ooh. Clippers. I think the Clippers Ooh, are the biggest. That's loser a here. good one. Ooh, I like that. They got Rajon Rondo, and playoff Rajon is. Playoff Rondo is a real thing. So thing. I think that that, you know, better than standing Pat was to get him for Lou Williams because you take out your biggest liability in the playoffs for someone who is clearly going to be a man in the playoffs. Yeah. Someone who's going to, a man's not the right way to put it, but a dominant person in the playoffs that can actually facilitate and do shit. Mm-hmm. Portland got better. 
Denver got better. The Lakers aren't scared of them. Utah's cooking. Dallas got better. Mm -hmm. And they are just flawed. They're just flawed. It's Kawhi. It's whatever Paul George shows up to be. Serge Ibaka's hurt. Has been good, but is hurt. He's missed the last seven games. And then it's... What? Is that how long it's been? Patrick Patterson. Marcus Morris. Luke Kennard. No, Pat Beverly. Reggie Jackson. An island of horrible contracts. No, thank you. No, thank you. I think the Clippers were the biggest losers today. I know that they didn't have the assets to go get better, which they, they need to do that. They need the assets to go get better. But I think they're the biggest loser today because they are clearly not a title team. And they did not turn into one today with Rajon Rondo. No, and I and I understand the Clippers thing too from the standpoint of, you know, if you say, well, that trade was stupid, you gave up, you know, Rajon Rondo has been quite literally one of the five worst players in the regular season this year, like in the entire league. Yeah, but you know. Right, you're going to yell at me about he, he playoff he, Rondo, playoff Rondo. He can't play on a bad team. You you know Rondo. Well, I get that, but he also chose to sign there. So, yeah. and again, I... I get that. I get the playoff side part. But but you traded two second round picks and Lou Williams, who's not nothing. No, he's not. He probably could no. have netted you a second round pick somewhere. For for one of the five worst players in the league. And I get the playoff stuff, but those 10 second round picks you had to trade, they aren't nothing. They aren't nothing. So you say they're the losers. So tell me, what would you have liked to see them do? Because I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but what, what would you have done? Because you need a point guard. The guy I would have targeted was George Hill. Oh, w- without question. Corey Joseph. I guess. He got traded today. DeLon Wright, although he's like a tweener wing. Listen, I, I, I honestly don't think that bringing in Rondo is a bad idea for this team. That's not why they're the losers. But it can't be the only move. They are the losers because they weren't good enough. They're still not good enough. And they mortgaged everything that they are going to be to win. And they aren't going to. So let me ask and you something. Now, and now you have this ticking time bomb on Kawhi. So let me ask you. If you're a Clipper fan and someone said to you, hey, you make this massive swing to trade for Paul George. And by the way, Shea Gilgis Alexander He's wow, he's something really so good. you make this swing and you trade for you, you get you sign Kawhi, you trade for Paul George. You end up getting them both. If you said to a Clipper fan, Hey, the first two years are going to be super embarrassing, but both guys are going to sign long term after the two years. Do you take that? I mean, you probably do, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yep. So, right, I think so, it's, yeah, I think it's everything that, else they've done that's been. Well, for sure. It's, for it's sure. Not, but, it's but not that's what I'm that saying. Deal. No, no, I get that. But what I'm saying is that if you're a Clipper fan, you know, we always like to trash Clipper fans because it's fun. It's amazing. But are they looking, are they like, you know, when Kawhi signs, when that inevitably happens, I mean, he just bought a, another gigantic house in California. You know, he's going to sign there. So when he does, you're still taking that as a win, right? So yeah, they're the biggest losers, but they're still like kind of winning. But even Milwaukee is finding ways to make their roster better. 
when and, even after they do stupid things. And these guys can't. I agree. And and you have a better like the Luke Kennard thing was 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 so bad. Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard at a combined $128 million is no, horrible. You should hand in your pass yeah. and not be allowed in the building again. Agreed. They, Agreed. Ridiculous. And I'm not saying that Landry Shamit is Larry Bird, but I'd rather have him at seven million than Luke Kennard at God knows how much they're paying that guy. And I, anyways. And the beauty, wait, the beauty to of me, Shamit the Clippers is he's on his loser. rookie year. He's on his rookie year deal right he's now. Paid like so, one point two million dollars. Right, so if he sucks like he sucks now, Fine. then he's not going to cost you sixty four million. And by the way, Kennard's not playing anyway. Or he's been cute, out of the rotation. At least when Luke Kennard and Landry Shamit are on the rookie deals, they're a cute little asset. They're like, hey, they could be something. I could change that. At sixty four million dollars, it's like, no, what are you doing? Untradable. Yes. Untradable. No. No. Out. Winners for me. And we get to our last thing. Winners for me. The Brooklyn Nets, because Lowry did not go to the Heat or to the 76ers. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nets are the winners for me. And Magic City, because Lou Williams be eating all damn wings. Magic He's City is it. my other winner. So, Ian, I got one more question for you. I'm recording the Leaf game. So, I'm about to leave this podcast. I'm going to edit it and watch the game. And... It's been mentioned on this podcast before that, you know, I, I am very much a Raptors fan, but I grew up a Piston fan. So as my heart is with the Raptors, there's still a string that's unattached. I, it's not entirely whole like yours is. Like mine is with the Leafs. You don't yep. have a string unattached with the Leafs. It's just you appreciate and have an undying love for basketball from a young age that I mm-hmm. didn't have the same. So it's, it's a little different. You, if the Raptors and Leafs are playing, I will watch the Leafs. You will watch the Raptors. If nothing else is on, like if the Leafs aren't playing, I will absolutely watch the Raptors. I watch the highlights after. I'm a fan, but that's how it works. Same thing for you. If the Leafs are on, but the Raptors aren't playing, you'll watch. Like tonight. If not, you will watch the highlights. I don't always agree with Mr. Ryan Marcillo or or Bill Simmons. But they brought up two points. One was by Mr. Bill Simmons that I think is completely ridiculous. And I'm very happy that Jack McMullen told him that he is an idiot. Was that he felt that getting George Hill for what the cost was, was a better move for the 76ers than bringing in Kyle Lowry. I don't agree. I don't. I don't think that the the best move. stupid thing to say. Just hold on. I don't think that the 76ers mortgaging their entire rotation to get Lowry was the right move. But with what was on the table, I think that bringing him in instead of George Hill was what is a, objectively a better opportunity for them. Jackie told him that he's wrong. Great. Thank you, Jackie. I know you talk too much on the podcast, but you're she does. Perfect, and, and, perfect and if answer. I'm going to trust anyone's basketball opinion, it's going to be hers. What Ryan said, I have to ask you, is it the championship? that makes true blood Raptor fans crazy about their players and any option of them being moved? Or is it option B, the stigma of American media, American fans not appreciating them enough, so we have to over-appreciate our players? Or C, 
you guys are just completely realistic. There is no no alternative, and you guys are the most sane people in the universe. Because the, I can't think of any Leaf player that I'm hanging jerseys around my house for, hoping that he stays. And yet I have sobbed more times for Leaf losses than anything else in sports. So that's my question to you, Ian. As a true Blood Raptors fan, what is it that brings you this tie and connection to your players? Because it's not just the championship. No. What is it? So for Lowry, I would say it has nothing to do with the media side. It's not the championship. And it's not like a we need to protect our own. Like, you know, when I say Kyle Lowry is the best, and, and you know, not obviously not now with James Harden, but Kyle Lowry is the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. And I've said that for the last six years. You know, it's not because of market or anything else. It's because throughout the league, he, to real, real hoop heads, he is an absolute legend, right? And for what the cool kids would call casuals, right? And and by no means am I saying that Ryan Russillo and Bill Simmons are casuals, right? But they're not like big analytics buffs. You know, I I think for that part, they feel underappreciated from players, coaches, and media just for, again, this is not a a U.S.-Canada thing. It's just a Lowry is epic, and and we want you to understand what we understand. For others, I think it could be a combination of everything. I think the championship – the championship definitely made them – made us have more voices on Raptors Twitter, let's say. But Raptors fans have always been this way. And I wonder if it's tied back to, you know, feeling underappreciated in their own city, always being the younger brother to the Leafs, you know? So for the rabid Raptors fans, we grip on to everything Raptors. And it's like, this is us. This is so pure because it's, it's, it's not mainstream almost, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I do think that little parts of everything, go into the rabidness and the attachment to the players. But I also feel as it goes, I also feel like it goes deeper than that. Like being part of this franchise in this city, it, it just means something, means something more. Like shit, for for a year or two years, we were getting behind the Andrea Bargnani, hand him the keys, hand him the keys train. <laughs> right? Like this is not like, you know, this is not like we're only rooting for Hall of Famers like Kyle Lowry. But I think it's a combination. It would be the short answer to a, to a long answer would be, I think it's a combination. I think there's a part where 2019 gave us louder voices because we couldn't be pushed aside anymore as the, yep. right, as the playoff failures. You know, and I think with, with number two, with, um, you know, number two and number three, just more being about how attached we are to the players and how we hoard our players and things like that. I just don't, I think it's maybe part of that, but I just don't think it's that simple. I'm not going to lie. In three years when Austin Matthews comes up, you might, you might find me doing some weird shit. So I, I, I admit it. Um, but you know what? And I think being the only Canadian team, I think that means something too. Uh, just like it does with the Jays. When the Jays were dismantling, sure. it was, a heart-wrenching experience and not it's just those are our guys like as a country those are our guys and i know that 
that's even it's actually amplified in basketball because in baseball, baseball is so regional that you're not unless you're a Yankee fan, a Red Sox fan. You're not ha- you don't have many Angels fans up here in Canada. You don't have many uh, right. Pirates fans up here in Canada. In Canada, you can have a multitude of different NBA pockets, but the Raptors are still the Raptors, and they have been tortured. It's been a bad run. It was a tough start until recently. But Ian, at the end of the day, he stayed. He did. We got Gary Trent Jr., Rodney Hood, two seconds, and a new lease at life for this season. So why don't we call it here? Thank you very much for listening. Ian, please sign us off for the podcast. For the trade deadline, he stays special. First of all, I want to thank Masai and Bobby and the whole management staff. You guys did the right thing. This was the right decision. He's ours. He's special. And, you know, if if other teams didn't want to meet that, then you made the right decision. A couple things we got to do now. Um, pay the man. Pay the man. Give him his two years, $60 million. Pay the man. Make it worth it. Make it worth it for us. He doesn't belong in another jersey. You saw that today. Even the, t- the people on Team Tank couldn't bear the idea of him leaving. So pay the man. The last bit, Masai, please ink that extension. Let's go get another one. Thanks for listening, everybody.